0: Hi, my name's Nick Thompson and I run HolisticVet.co.uk, we're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire.
1: And my name's Dr Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from DogsBirth.ie, and together we are... You're raw Pet Medics. we <laughs> uh, live. That was a quick intro. <laughs> so good good evening, everybody. Uh very welcome to Raw Pet Medics tonight. Um, we are joined here by Dr. Mark Roberts. Delighted to have Mark here. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Uh thanks everybody else for coming in. We are Raw Pet Medics. You're gonna find us on um Patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Uh, so price of a cup of tea or price of a cup of coffee sustains us through the month and we deeply appreciate it, helps us bring on such top quality guests as Mark, he does not come cheap
0: and so um, <laughs>
1: we deeply appreciate that so Mark is the guy, who the last time we had him on Mark is the guy that revealed to the rest of us that uh, it's carbohydrates that are to blame for this scourge of pancreatitis, two thirds of healthy cats and dogs by mid-age are suffering some form of pancreatitis when they're on the slab and so uh, we know now thanks to Mark and his work that Actually, it's these high carbohydrate diets. If you want to learn more about that, go back and check out the previous RPM where Mark was a guest and you'll learn more about pancreatitis. Uh, but Mark, listen, you are a sled dog guy, and just on the subject of carbs and whatnot, um, what do you feed your dogs and why?
2: Um, so for me, um I feed my dogs um a diet which is essentially more or less sort of 50-50 on the dry matter basis um with fat and uh, and protein um they might get it might be one percent or two percent but i mean it's an incredible amount of carbohydrates and, and they'll come primarily um vegetables and a small amount of fruit. but but it basically basically it's a it's a even steven's protein and fat based diet and
1: that's when they're working or like what What about when they're at rest what's the does it change like when yeah you're...
2: no no that i feed them i feed them all year round um, all I do is decrease the the amount of food fed. Um, and the fed, re- and the reason and the reason I keep that diet going is because if I reduce the amount of food the fed, then I can keep them in shape. Um, and what it does, there has been a suggestion that you can switch um, diet, um, you can switch them onto basically a lower a food if you like, or a high carb food diet if you like in the off season. But there's also been research which has countered that, and which I tend to um, go along with in that you know you wanna you wanna be encouraging the usage of um basically burning fat all year round. You wanna be working the energy system all year round. Um, you know, so that they're fully on board with it. You don't want to be switching them over as you start training them. So I just I just keep on it all all year round and then uh, decrease the food and then increase it as they start working.
1: Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. And so you what does that food look like? What does like you're getting ready for a race? So you you first of all, I suppose you have gotta tell people what it is you're racing, your types of dogs that you use. And second of all, what does that food look like? How do you carry that on a sled? What are the ingredients? How do you slap it into the bowl?
2: Well, um, I mean I'm I'm to be honest with you, I'm I'm not typical. In fact, I could be wrong, but I don't know of anyone who feeds solely this way. Um this sort of both the the macronutrient composition and also the format in which I feed my dog. So I, um, if any companies are interested in doing it commercially, a, a working dog diet, this is the way I think you could tap into this. Um, so I feed my dogs a freeze dry diet. Um, and the reason I do that is, um, I'm not carrying water. Um, and all I need to do is, is basically when I stop, if I want to feed them, um, I've got access to water grey, but normally it's all frozen. Or, or if you're doing a, a certain ratio, you might get to a checkpoint and it might provide you with water. Or you can use snow and melt it down with an alcohol cooker and then I can add it to the food. So I'm not carrying um, you know, meat if you like, that's got 70% water in it, oh, yeah. you know, which is which is which is less load on the dogs. Of course. So I I will just I will just get it either from water at a checkpoint or I'll I'll source it from snow. Um then um yeah, and no, I'll just feed them from there. You know, now that's that's fundamentally different. And again, I, I I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there's no. I don't know of anyone out there who does who does it that way. What what the the, the quintessential way of doing it is that um, most people will feed kibble all year round, uh, and this will be the so-called working dog kibbles, which is another point of discussion. But they'll be feeding these working dog kibbles, and then they will substitute that with meat which from what I, I can see seems to be around 30, 35%, about a third of the diet they're adding meat to that kibble. Nice. And they will carry that kibble, sorry, they will carry the meat round and they will pour it out in, in basically like a little cooler um, on the way round. So they've got that added inconvenience of doing it, plus they're also feeding the diet, which is two-thirds, at least a, a reasonable amount of carbohydrate content.
1: And so, what happens if you're feeding carbs? I hear about this. You want to explain to people what uh, the difference between using carbs and fat. What this hitting wall type business? Do dogs hit walls? Can you give us a bit on that in terms of racing dogs?
2: Sure. So, um, in, in many ways, this is you no know, uh, this this concept is the same as working dog or the dog that golf, but goes for what on the block. It's just that the issue becomes more magnified when the dog's working. So. Um, a simple way to think upon it is that there's, when you, carbohydrates are stored in the dog's body in a form of something called glycogen, and you think of glycogen like, um, a fuel tank, if you like, you know, you get your nozzle from there and you pour it in, you fill it full of fuel. And the dog can only store glycogen, this store carbohydrate in two main locations. The first one is skeletal muscle and the second one is the liver. And that's the only place it can store it. Um... And there's only a small amount of, you know, you can get, there's only a certain amount you can get in there. And it's not a huge amount. I forget what it, what it is, but it's not a huge amount in terms of the energy value that they can store. Now, the problem here, if you feed a dog a carbohydrate based diet, um, then yes, you will fill this glycogen up, but it will start depleting relatively quickly. And as I just mentioned, once that gets low, um, that's when, and it's the same with humans, so that's why you hear it in mouth and running, is they hit the wall. And the only way you can stop that, is by taking on more carbohydrate. Um, and then you go for another hour or, so or whatever, then you've got to take on more carbohydrates. That's the only way you, you can stop that. Now, if you have a, a dog that's fed a, a high-fat protein-based diet, then obviously it's not getting a whole lot of glycogen because it's not having a whole lot of carb. But what tends to happen, and there's been research published research that supports this, um, one study found, for example, with two groups of Alaskan huskies, One was fed a high-carbohydrate diet, and one was fed a high-fat, protein-based diet. And they went out, and they did the same distance, came back in, did it again. I think it was about four or five runs of over a certain distance. And what they found was the dogs that had the high-carbohydrate diet, they had much higher glycogen to start off with. The ones that were fed a low-carb, high-fat diet, they had a moderate amount. But as they went on, the ones on the high-carbohydrate diet, they depleted quickly, and they ran out of steam. And the ones that were fed a small, moderate amount of, of, uh, sorry, had a small, moderate amount of stored carbohydrate and glycogen on a low carb diet, it stayed the same. So they never went lower than a a sort of a small amount, where the dogs that were fed a high carb diet, it just went, and and they fell behind. And this in turn, as you would imagine, affected performance. Wow, are those dogs hitting the wall? Well, what happens is, is that, that, and this kind of goes to what I was saying before about dogs being fed, or me choosing to feed my dogs a high fat protein. That's, I, I that's probably the best way to describe it is a. It's the call it of you know a fat protein diet because it's not necessarily one's high or one's low. They're both about the same for, on, on a dry matter basis. Um, but what happens is, is, the dog when you feed them a high fat diet, in simple terms, they're used to burning fat. That's what they're burning. The body's designed. Body's designed to do that anyway. But they are burning fat, and that's what they're good at. So they're firing on all cylinders. They're burning fat. Now, if you feed a dog a high carb, dehydrate diet, yes, you can stop feeding them that, and you can switch them over to a high fat diet. But it takes a, it takes time for this to happen. Not a whole lot of time, but it does take time. So then, what you want to do is if the, the problem you've got then is if they're fed carbs, they're reliant on carbs and they're used to using the energy system. So if you if it falls low, they're not they're not they can't effectively turn over to fat straight away. So then you have to give them carbs in order to replenish, you know, fill them up. You know, it's not that. It's not that one energy system is being used in isolation. That's just, that's not correct. But a, a reliance on carb from a dog that's fed carb isn't, is, is there, you know. And the only way you can get out of that is to switch them from feeding carb to, to take them out and replace them ideally with fat.
0: Right. So, so when you've then because you've just recently done a great uh, uh, expedition, I'm going to call it, because that was a race and a half. I mean, how long was that? How many miles did you end up? Covering? Well, I
2: mean, I've done, I did, yeah, I've done, I've done, um, I've I've based all well not all over. I have based all over the US this 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 time I've been over to um, uh, Duluth which is in uh, Minnesota I've been over there based mm. all over New England previously I've been over to the West Coast this year on the dogs they've got close to two thousand miles on them you know wow. um, so it's, it's it's quite a lot of mileage you know so and um, I, I, I guess you know it's it's uh, you know people again would say well what relevant. That's what I'm talking about, going I do with my dog that sits next to the fire. And I guess the relevant thing is, is that, yes, it's the extreme end of, of things, what I'm doing, but it does, it kind of helps highlight those issues. It's a bit like, um, it's a bit like if you go to your doctor and you get a stress test because you've got something problem, that stress test highlights an issue, you know. So what I'm what I'm doing is highlighting, magnifying, quickening the, the issue, the shortcoming in a diet, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of questions coming in about, is that then a case of in your down season, if you ever have a true down season, uh, I guess you're sort of lowering the, the the levels to allowing some recovery from injuries and minor injuries, et cetera. Yep. Are you feeding your dogs differently in that off season, that recovery season, to how you feed yep. them during your performance season? No, no, exactly the right. same.
2: But, I mean, I'll give you. I'll give you a different. I'll, I'll give you a difference in terms of how much I would feed them. Um, when the dog's are really right, it, you know, it's it's like any sort of training. Really, with dogs, you just slowly increase the mileage. There's other things you do as well, but in essence, you you are, you know, bit by bit increasing the mileage. There's other things involved involved in it. You know, there's more resistance distance and all the rest of it. But but that's that's the gist of it. you just increase the mileage. But when they're at the peak of the training, they are probably going through. They're probably going through about, um, God, like some will go through 11 to 13 pups a day of freeze dried food. Um, so oh, that's a lot of, like, that's a lot I, I've of I, Yeah, they'll go through like about, I've, I worked it out once, I think it's about six, 7,000
0: calories they're going through a day. So is the race oh, requirements that that's packed with you on the race, or do you have feed stations that you can top up from with support?
2: yeah that's that, that's a good question it depends on the race um so some will um you'll have to carry it with you and some you'll have you'll you'll, you'll put um drop bags that will go to a, a checkpoint and there'll be you, you, you know your stuff will be there just, it depends on the race some you have to right. some you have to carry some things and not others it just depends on the race but um and that's where that that's where um To be honest with you, um, and that's one of the reasons why we we moved. Well, actually, the main reason we moved to the US from New Zealand, obviously I'm originally from the UK, but I moved to New Zealand I was there for for nearly 20 years and then moved over here um, was because, you know, working dog nutrition and just dog nutrition in general is what my PhD was in. And as we all know, it's great to do that stuff. And I've I've been implementing that nutrition because I raised dogs in New Zealand for that time as well. But coming over here, it's like on another level, you know, like it's another level higher up than that. And I thought, you know what, now's the time to use my academic research knowledge. But as we all know, that's great to have that knowledge, but getting out there and using it in the field is a different thing. And you learn, one thing I've learned over too many years, one thing I've learned over too many years of of being in university, (laughs) is that you can't be getting out there and getting your hands dirty and trying it out and seeing what works and what doesn't, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, And in relation to that, in relation to what you're doing at the moment, um, you're a bit weird, Mark, aren't you? Why are you a novelty? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it depends on where is he going with this one. Uh, but just to, just keep it dog related. Uh, so, like, why is it that you are – what makes your team so interested? What's, uh, what's different about you?
2: Well, uh, it's, it's not, not, not just me. There's not I, – I would say in the whole of North America, there's only a very small amount, probably – I don't know, five or six. There might be a few more, but it's, there's very, very few people who race Siberian Huskies. Um, but they're all the, Huskies. The vast... Well, what the other ones are are, are called Alaskan Huskies. So um, basically what happened, I don't know, 30, 40, maybe more than that, years ago, all the races were just Siberian Huskies. And then some. someone realised if you got these Siberian Huskies and you crossed them with... Um, pounds, pointers, those kind of things, you end up with a bigger dog that is far superior in terms of speed. I mean, they're just vastly, vastly better runners than Siberian Huskies. Okay. Um, now, the, 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 only, the downside to that is that because you, you water down that true Arctic breed, they tend to get more issues with um, the pads will, will break up on the snow easier. You know, uh, they have less um, furry coats. Which is good when they the work because it keeps them cold but if they stop they have to have jackets so there's issues of uh, in uh, you know around them being quicker that you compromise because you you sort of you know you you flush out a certain amount of that through Arctic b um but you cannot deny that they are like massively massively quicker i mean you just you just cannot argue it you know i mean you you'll go out you'll go out doesn't matter whether it's a training run or a race you know you're gonna be out 30, 40 percent more time on the trails than what these guys are. I mean, it's and, and and in all fairness, you know, in all fairness, when you see these dogs and how quick they are, you know, you can't help but um, you know just be impressed that humans have yeah. managed to sort of mix, mix dogs and get this absolute beast of a runner. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just impressive that, that we've been able to do that. I mean, humans have a lot of faults, but in terms of making dogs fit for purpose, you know, and certainly we've. we've their dogs, they've done a, They've done a great job
0: of it. Any benefits from you know between the sort of shorter sprint races and, and short-term events to the long endurance events? Are you seeing any yeah. differences between yeah. them?
2: Yeah, because I've done all that as well. I've done all the short. I've done the mid, and now I'm obviously into the long distance. I would say if you're talking just a few, few mile run, that there was still the, the, the good ones will still beat you. But I've beaten I've beaten Alaskan Huskies over a few miles. You know the good ones will still beat me, but the average ones I'll beat them. You know, so uh, it's you'll you'll get away with it more so over a few miles, but as that distance gets further and further, um, it, it seems to get bigger. You know, now in terms of long distance, in terms of long distance, and this is this is something that I'm still obviously just getting into, and we'll see next year, and we'll see the year after how this goes, but it might well be that, um. The more I, you know, because this is the thing, I, I've only been here for four years and I bought it. When I came over, I had 10 dogs and they were all pretty much in retirement. So I've just started to, then we had COVID. So I've, I've you know, this team is really just coming through. They're only sort of half my team that ran that 2,000 miles this year, they were under two years of age. It was the first season of running, you know. So, no way. Um, yeah, so I'm only, it's, it's a very young team and, you know, the, it, the normal sort of rule of thumb is, certainly with Siberians, is they're not, they don't really. Mature physically and mentally into long distance running until so they're sort of three or four years of age. So, um, uh, but but it, it, it may well be, and we shall see, we still see if this is true, um, that if uh, you know a long long race, you know sort of two hundred fifty, three hundred miles plus, it may well be that the nutrition plays a part, and it may well be welfare and looking after them becomes more of a you know more of a, of a factor. Yeah. You know, I I don't, I don't think it's going to change the result, but what it might, be, it might be, it might be at the back of the field. It might be a little bit closer than, you know, a, a chasm it is at shorter races.
1: Yeah, I, I saw there was an interesting study there. I can't remember who did it, but they had, they ran Huskies on, not sure which type, uh, on high, medium and low carbohydrate diets. And they found that the Huskies after one sled season that ran on the high carbohydrate diets had the most injuries and the ones on the high protein diets had the least injuries. So that does tie yeah. in with the longer distance of listen. You yeah. you don't want these guys on high carbohydrate diets
2: all the time. Well, I mean-, I mean, and that yeah, and that's the other thing as well is that, and this is a non nutritional thing, but because those dogs are just so super quick, you are like so crazy fast. They are more prone to injuries because they're just going faster. Yeah, you know, okay. so they'll 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 they do wrist in and they'll do shoulder injuries in because they just are so quick. I mean, the other thing as well is it's not just the physical attributes they have; they are just their brains are just designed to run. So with a Siberian Husky, they want to run, but there's times when they, they you know, they start getting tired. You've got to use a lot of um, sort of strategies to keep them wanting to run, you know? Because yeah. if they don't want to run, you, you can't make a dog run, oh. you know? Like, if you want to get off and beat, any, any belief that you can get off and beat a dog and make it run, it's not gonna do it. It just won't do it. Yeah. It'll just lie down and refuse to go, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, So you've got to use a lot of, it's, so for me, it's it's, See, for me, I get this question a lot, and it's a fair question: is why not go for a faster dog? I'm going to be out on the trails, and it's not even a race. You know, if you imagine I'm going out for my God, I don't know how many hours I'm out in Windsor, but I'm out. I'm just feels like feels like I'm constantly outside. You know, if you imagine that thirty forty thirty my time could be saved by thirty forty percent, and be at home with my family or doing more work. That's a big saving, isn't it? You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it depends if you, you want know. to be out in the woods. Um, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> it's know. nice to be open about. Um, it, is, I, it is. It is. It is. But not not for like yeah. thirty forty hours a week. Yeah. Or whatever, in in it. in in minus <laughs> in minus 30, 40. I mean, um, how,
0: how has that weather affected you? It's a real cold blast. Um, you know, over New Year, wasn't it? Yeah. So how how did yeah. that affect you guys? Um. Again, it. Um. I
2: mean that. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question. I'll answer that question from a sort of, I don't know, using a bit of, like for me, I, I grew up in England. I grew up in Manchester. You know, I was in the, I was in the, the army for quite a few years.
0: Never a guess. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, but then, but then when I, when I left, like I decided I wanted to go and experience lots of different things. You know, so then I, I, I did my degree in the UK and I went to New Zealand, did my postgrad stay there, and then did my PhD and all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, you know what? And I've been racing the dogs there, like I said, for years. And I wanted a different, you know, I wanted a change. So then we moved to the state and we spent two years in, of all places, northern Nevada in a place called Reno, which you'd think would be hot. And it was hot in summer. But it got cold and we had a lot of snow. We were, we were six six and six and a half thousand feet. We were on a, on a high desert. And I trained and raced dogs all over, um, you know, the Sierra Nevadas, up into um, California and then Oregon and the Cascade Mountains and then further up from there. I, I wanted to experience that, you know. I want to go for life and experience those things, you know. And then I wanted more. I wanted. I even I was like, oh, now I want more than this. But then, I, you know, I looked, I researched, and found New Hampshire was great for snow. And so then I drove with the dogs all the way across the country and moved here, you know. Um, what so a for me, wife. yes. It- what a patient wife you must <laughs> have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bloody <laughs> hell! Does she <laughs> like dogs? <laughs> well. When I met her. She wanted, she actually did want to meet the dog the first day I met her. You know, yeah, that's cool. I was, I I was, I was, I was was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to impress her by not being covered in dog hair and and you know, and then she wanted to go and meet the dog,
1: yeah, nice one. That's
2: which was was weird, which was weird because then not not just did I have a load of dogs, but as is kind of the norm for me, I lived remotely, so I had to drive into the middle of nowhere to show these dogs. (laughs) Yeah. the cold but the cold, the cold is is a challenge there's no two ways about it i mean it, um you know when when it's you know like anyway there's whole global global warming things happening you know and it's definitely getting warmer, but when it's cold it is cold you know i mean it's um you know i got i got um you know my ends of my fingers got pretty severe frost nip and that and I picked them off and they came off and you know and i, I you know, it's you know you've you've got you know like when it when it's really when it's really cold you know like it gets that it gets that cold that my eye, my eyelashes will get so full of of ice that every three or four minutes I have to wipe because I can't see where I'm going you know it yeah it's it's wow. you know everything just every and everything is when it's so cold it gets dry so and that's the other problem I, I, and then again these you know these, these are things that you, you learn is that I, I've been out and took fluid with me and because it's so cold and dry. I'm just so thirsty, you know, and I'm working the dogs and then I'll go for my bottle and it's just completely frozen, you know. And and yeah. I have I've had everything freeze so I've had everything freeze so much I've been looking at snow thinking, man, I'm gonna to have to just stop and just put my head in the snow and just try and eat it. You know? yeah. but then, you did, know, you, did the, did the that, army I, not teach you
0: know, did the army not teach you to what? wear your camel pack inside your um? Yeah, you know what? Even thermals. that doesn't work.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah even not? that even that doesn't work. No, no. It it, it worked to a degree. It worked to a degree, but... Um, but then the pipe, way yeah, <laughs> the pipe freezes. The pipe freezes as well, yeah. yeah, yeah. What I, I did in <laughs> the end, like, I, I, what I, I did, I found a way around it. I got some, you know, like, um, installation stuff for your house, the the, the silver foam installation. I got yeah, yeah. that, and I, put, and I put a load of um, hand warmers in there with bottles and made it tight, and then, then that worked.
1: Yeah,
2: I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 tried to, I tried to
1: impress you with this sort of Mark, but it didn't work. I was in uh, up the top of Norway in the Arctic, but just inside the Arctic Circle now. But I mean, it was proper windswept cold. We were doing Husky sled riding. And when we got there, I got those Husky mixes because I was expecting these beautiful Siberian Huskies, Lord of the Rings style. I'm sitting on a throne being dragged through the snow. But like, that's your lead dog there, Lucky. You've got five. They weren't big, impressive dogs, but they looked like. And Lucky just stares at me as if like, you know, you lazy pig, you better run. And if you didn't run with this sled, uh, they would look he would turn around and he'd look at you and he'd be like get off the sled we're going up a hill and start pushing and so you would push so hard the output of energy on those and this is supposed to be like you know this is a guide dog raise some money and go across the north and it was you know two weeks with the Norwegian SAS that's what real men look like you should have seen them they're just these absolute huge beasts and walking around in the nip to get into the jacuzzi or into the sauna that they built with their hands <laughs> you know proper men and I'm just like freezing <laughs> getting frostbite trying to run from the hot shower but anyway, um, but like my, my, I used to sweat so much. I, you have these hats on and, uh, you know, all these proper Arctic gear, but the hat would freeze to your head. And so you could take your hat off and it would just be frozen solid and you'd spin it around and put it back on your head and off you'd go again. Yeah. But like you were saying, yeah. like, with these sides, like with the Siberians, like you are working so, so hard. Uh, like you said that your suit was just wet. And I'm thinking that
2: is not a good thing. No, 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 it's not. And I think that's, in all, in all honesty, that's something that I'm reflecting upon now that we're finished for next year round, um, you know, and I'm going to try and modify some of the training with the dog. I also need some bigger males to put into the group because, um, in all fairness, I just can't, I, I can't go, I can't do that. It's just. It's, it just, you know... You're just in a point of absolute exhaustion, you You, know? have all you big just males? don't, you know. Why
1: not have? Why have any a lot small lot yeah.
2: A lot do, yeah, yeah. Most do, most, most do. Most have. they have the odd female, you know, or big female, and that's again, that's something that, you know, like, you know, I've I've got into this long distance thing, and I'm realizing that I need more, and I, and I, even my kennel size is is twenty dogs, whatever it is, but it's still it's still small, you know, like a handful. of Those are retirement, some are still pups. You know, so I don't really have a huge pool to actually choose from. So it's still, it's still, I'm still in that process of modifying it. But, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's times I've got there and it's just been like, I've been so exhausted. I can barely, I can barely go on, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, um, and and some of these hills, you you have to understand that, um, like when I was in New Zealand, you know, you do a race, that would be a few miles and people would make a big deal that there was a hill you'd climb for sort of 15 minutes or something, you know, like, that there's hills uh, you do with this in these races. They just they go on for hours, and then what makes it worse is for some god no reason, it defies logic. You don't go down at the end. It plows out at the top. It just doesn't seem to go just down. You know? You don't even have the
1: glory of going down the hill. No,
2: oh, no, no. no, I don't. I don't know, I don't know how that's possible. It must, be <laughs> such small it must be such a small going down decrease that you actually don't notice it. I don't yeah. know what it is, but but the point, but the point. But you know, like I've been, I've been so tired. Got at these, gone at these toes, I've been like, I can't do this, you know. And you have, and then, and then it's, um, and honestly, as well with the, with the Alaskans, they'll come past, and they might be scooting them with a the leg a little bit. But man, it's just not. It's nowhere near oh, the workload. That why? In, you know,
1: I think most normal people listening to this, Mark, are probably thinking, why? Why? I mean, you are choosing a team that you are not going to win with this team. I mean, you're lucky to finish the race. And these longer races, it's fifty fifty if you're going to finish the race. I mean, yeah. pushing four-mile hills in minus 30 with dogs that don't run as fast as everybody else's. <laughs> why are you doing that? Did you not just go for because... a run like a normal person and go home and watch some TV? <laughs> like, it is tempting.
2: You it, is, it is tempting. It does cross my mind. I think because, here's the thing, I think if I actually did have Alaskans, then my my viewpoint would change, and it would be, well, maybe I can place in the top three, you know, and then, then that would become the stress, you know. Um but for me, it's for me, the issue is, can I get round? You know, can I do this? And can I get my dogs round safely um, in good condition and being happy? And that's... And, and in all honesty, like, I've done races where I've finished races. I've done races where I haven't finished races. But the one thing all the vet teams at every single checkpoint has said is that your dog... These, this is their words, not mine. Your dogs come in and look happy and healthy. And, they, you know, they're, they're fine when they come in. They look really good dogs, you know. So, for me... And I, and I guess that's your, that's that, that, it's a good thing, but it's a highly stressful thing. Is when you're out with a huge bunch of animals and you you, you really are, sometimes you're, you know, you're a long way from anything. Um, it's you and them. I mean, granted, if something happens, if it's a race, at some point they're going to realize you're not coming to a checkpoint. And nowadays they have GPS when you have fled. It's, it's probably more stressful when I'm playing on my own, actually, because there isn't any of that. But you, but you are, you are, um, you know you're responsible for those dogs, like, and that's it. You know you've got to you've got to look at them all. You've got to look at the way they're moving, the gait, um, you know, everything about them, the way they sort of are, and pick up on is this dog is something slightly off this dog, you know. And then if there is an issue, you've got to deal with it. You know, you've got to deal with that effectively. As a, you know, it's a bit like in the army, you're the you're the sergeant of the of the of the soldiers, you know, and you've got yeah. to look after them, you know. And, and there's no what. Yes, someone will get to you in the end, but it is you, you know, it, it, you, know you you don't really think that far ahead. You just know that those, those dogs are your responsibility to look after, you know, and, and get to the next point. And then, and then that's the other thing. I've had this in race, you know, I, I had it with a Can-Am, like, I came into the checkpoint and I was still fine. Like I was still ready to go, but I had a couple of dogs that were, you know, just weren't right. And I thought, you know what? Not a. It's got nothing to do with me. It's about what's right for the whole, the whole team, you know, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's. I kind of like the fact that you've got to make the right decision, and you've got to make decisions. And sometimes yeah. it's for the, for sometimes it, well, it's always for the dog, you know. But it's also for me because if I get too tired and I can't work effectively as as the boss, then it's all going to fall apart, you know. Um, so I guess, I guess that's that's the challenge I like, rather than. And I'm not saying that that these bastard teams, these Alaskans, don't have issues. Of course they do. Um, I just think it, it's it, there's more of them, and and the, the, the slow speed just makes it more challenging as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you do? Uh, can you do drugs? Do uh, is there any drug testing being done on uh, people pushing pushing sleds? I imagine there's prize money for the bigger uh, races, and so the fitter you are, the more like you know uh, EPO and whatnot. Is there any? Is there any drug testing of dogs and humans and uh, that sort of thing? And what supplements there is, can you there use is- to?
2: there isn't there isn't dog there is, they do testing dogs I'm not aware of anything in humans um but i mean you know some of these i mean that's i mean that you but that's another point you just mentioned there is that you know some of these races you know first first prize will be um you know they'll get a few grand you know they'll get a few thousand dollars you know um um i actually um i actually did a stage base in the last race um a few weeks ago, and I, 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 it was kind of funny because that's the first time I've ever got money. And I got a check for one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah. First time I've ever got it. One hundred twenty-five dollars. money I, for the way out. <laughs> I actually didn't Not cash it. Not even that it. in I actually, the I, actually, <laughs> I actually, I know. I actually didn't cash it, and I actually was thinking of getting it framed. Just because yeah. I got, I got some money.
0: Yeah, know. yeah,
2: totally. But, um, I but no, I mean, I, I guess. I, I know. I know. But I mean but it but it's it's it is, it is fair to say, I guess. If you are in you know in the run running and you can get four or five thousand dollars. I mean that that's the reason what the change, isn't it? You know, and it may you know. Yeah. Um yeah. So it's can it's a,
1: a lot of
2: reasons. Can you get sponsored? So you're feeding um, this
1: freeze-dried food, like I mean, why wouldn't you go to that company and stick their name on your back and say, Look, I'm I'm talking about this more. I'm giving you business ideas here, Mark.
2: Yeah, no, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Well actually that's that's the good point, is that one thing I actually Spread the word on this. is one thing I would like to do is, is to do more do more research on working dogs. So any companies that are in that have meat based diet that are interested in getting involved with research, let me know. You know, because I've got a whole host of areas that I want to look into. If they want to be involved in that, and, and I'm happy to do that. You know, Ooh. pay me for my troubles. You know, pay me for my troubles for doing it. And we can, I can do a report. I can do record a video. They can come over. You know, I don't know whatever they want to do because that's that's. That's for me now. Where am I now? Well, all of a sudden, there's a queue of wise.
0: people at the airport. Yeah, <laughs> we we'll yeah. go over to New Hampshire.
2: That's a good idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's and that's I and mean, we haven't got time for it today, but you know, I've got I've I've got I've a few things out there. You know, ketosis. Let's measure the level of ketones. Let's look at blood glucose. Let's look. Let's look at hydration. How well? How better dogs are hydrated. Yeah. You know, I'm, Whenever I've gone into checkpoint and the vet's my dogs they've always said these dogs are incredibly hydrating let's look into that you know how does that affect kidneys you know how does that affect the kidneys there's all sorts of stuff let's measure you know there's all there's a few things here i'm just going out there well
0: what's really interesting because so many people out there will have seen working dog in the stores okay on on raw feed, and that's actually all about a vat thing okay so in the uk if they put if they put uh, working dog on those packages. There is no performance element in those foods whatsoever. It no. is literally because yeah. they're trying to avoid the VAT map. Yeah. Uh, so please is don't get, right? yeah, yeah no, no, no. please don't get, you know, the illusion that in the UK, working dog means anything other than it's VAT free. And actually, some of those stores can get inspected, and if they are not checking that they are supplying to working dogs they can actually get fined for um avoiding tax i, I think britain's but, the only oh, britain's the only country in the world
1: that has a zero percent that i know of so far certainly in, in, in europe and uh, states canada australia new zealand it's the only place that has a zero percent tax bracket for working dogs i think our, most other countries have a reduced rate for greyhounds ireland is 11 percent for greyhounds. i didn't know that you have to buy 30 it.
2: kilos at a time and all this sort of stuff so yeah. yeah, it's a but but, but I do, I do I do generally think um I mean the problem with working dogs, I mean it depends on the size of the kennel. Like if it's a huge kennel, it's gonna be hard to afford, you know, a, a product like that. But I do believe yeah. that that I do believe that um you know um there's not there's not many people who have big teams now. It's kind of getting harder and harder, you know. You gotta you gotta look after these dogs all year round, you've got all the associated costs, etc. But I do think that um a good freeze dry diet of that sort of composition i've mentioned and i would actually this is another area i want to lock it into i want to tweak some of the electrolytes in that product um and i also want to add more um n3s i want to add more um dha epa in there as well i want to change that as well you know this is something i want to develop i do think the product like that would would go really well um, in, in a working dog community. And that and is, that dog is my point. That know. is
0: my point. That actually there is a huge window of opportunity there for a true working dog variety, a yeah. true yeah. performance yeah. Uh, dog Guys, variety. we've got to stop. Yeah.
1: This is just, we're giving away our best ideas. <laughs> this is just. <laughs> so, everybody forget so, what you've
0: heard. We're drinking. <laughs> this is. So, but if you want to know more from Mark, um, he's agreed got a great presentation. He's going to record. We're going to pop that up on Patreon so that you guys you know, beginning of next week can have a look at that. Um, if you want to join us for a little bit of after show uh, with Mark, then please do join us on patreon.com forward slash rawpetmedics. Um, we're going to switch over before Dr Judy gets annoyed that we're eating into her segue. So uh, uh, from that side of things, um, uh, it's been great to see all of the comments. And uh, thank you so much, much, Mark, for joining us uh, from the middle of nowhere that was great so so interesting Mark just so so interesting it's a brain I like picking so it's just a really
1: interesting kind of story so thanks for that appreciate it thanks so yes, much guys so, for coming along so we're going to stay uh, on yeah, yeah we're
0: going to stay on if you want to join us over on Patreon you'll find uh, the further recording in about an hour Thank cool. you see you all guys <laughs> 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 <laughs>